This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This call is being recorded. By Uber Conference. Oh, now we're here. Bushwick's Breakaway Emergency Podcast. I'm in my boss's hotel room in a Chicago conference. Uh, also, I've been up since 2 a.m. pulling a Greg Kaplan myself. Uh, I, I flew to Chicago and I'm working till late hours of the night. I'm here with uh, our good friend, Greg Kaplan, and our also good friend, Drew Way. Drew, say hello. Hello. Dude, thanks for joining us real quick on the emergency podcast. Got a lot of requests on Twitter for this. If I hang up, it's because I'm in my boss's hotel room. He just came back and I can't explain what's happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understood. This emergency podcast is brought to you by Uber Conference and the getaway of doing things. And that's what we're doing here today. Uh, but let's get straight to the news. Ryan McDonough is probably going soon. But for right now, Rick Nash is officially a Boston Bruin. Greg, your take. Uh, hell of a package. I think uh, I'll, I'll be That's what she said. That's what she said. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's Big Dick Rick. It's what you yeah, expect. Of course. Um, so this package, the trade kind of came out in, in pieces. The first pieces we knew about were Ryan Lindgren in the first round pick. And I'll be the first one to say that I was a little underwhelmed a little bit. I'll be interested to hear Drew's th- uh, thoughts because I know he's going to disagree with me. But once that came out, you knew that there were going to be more things to this trade because the salaries just didn't work, even if the Rangers were going to retain 50% of Nash. And the more things came, I mean, I, I'm a big Ryan Spooner guy. I know some guys think that he's probably just the third line center, but he's been sheltered in Boston. There's no denying that. He's on pace for a 53-point season. He missed a lot of games because of injury this year. The Rangers are going to have a discussion at the end of this year about, I mean, they're just adding restricted free agents that they're now going to have to extend. But a first-round pick, Ryan Spooner, who is a perfectly, not just capable, but a good middle-line forward, and Ryan Lindgren, who has upside. It It's a hell of a package for two months of Rick Nash. Oh, that's all a rental for a guy that says he wants to be back in New York. Drew, what about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, so I guess go around the same line that Greg did. Um, when the first was announced and the first thing was lingering and the first, my initial thought was that seems fair. Like what I wrote for us a couple of weeks back was my expected return for Nash was either a second round pick and like a good prospect, like a Euro Zach Ninen, or a middle tier prospect 
plus a first-round pick. That's exactly what Lindgren is. He's a 20-year-old defenseman from Minnesota. Um, he's not an offensive guy, but he's a very he's a shutdown guy in Minnesota. Um, I was just actually looking on Twitter just before here, and a guy who follows Minnesota's high school and college uh, sports a lot. I have blanking on his name, so apologies to him. He pretty much just said Lindgren is Minnesota's best defenseman. He's a shutdown guy, and he'd be shocked if he doesn't make the NHL. And one thing that gets lost when people are talking about prospects a lot is a dude who likely will make the NHL is a good prospect. Most prospects don't crack the NHL. I was talking about this a lot recently with um, when it comes to like draft picks and stuff. Around like the 20, 25th pick in the draft, you're, now you're around a 50% shot that this guy even plays 100 games in the NHL. So in essence, if you have now have a prospect that is very, very likely to make an impact in the NHL, even if it's just on a third pairing, that is, in essence, about a late first-round pick in value. We haven't um, even got so I was first-round pick. I mean, the first-round pick is – I can't believe we got that, too. The pack, the, the haul was insane. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, the reason we got more is because the Rangers smartly are using their cap space to also take on Matt Bolesky. Um, Boston's going to eat half of Bolesky's salary, which makes it more tolerable. So the Rangers will have Bolesky for three more years at 1.9 per. You can bury him in the AHL to get rid of a million. But in my opinion, it was smart cap management to take that on to get the additional asset, which I believe was Ryan Spooner, was the additional kind of piece they got for Bolesky. Yep, and uh, just just to give you, it's only two more years. Oh, so two it's, more it's years. This, yeah, it's, it's next year. He still has a modified no trade as, assigned to his contract, uh, mm-hmm. and then the year after that, he's just a he's he's just a guy. And then we're we're off the hook after two seasons. I have a feeling cool. you and I, Greg, will be really good friends with that that particular player. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, honestly expect him to play less than. 20 games as a New York Ranger. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever play. I think they're going to bury him in Hartford for the next two years. Wow. Okay. And when you, bur- when you bury him in Hartford, you can bury about a million dollars of his salary. So that means it's just 900000 in dead cap on the books, which considering the asset we're getting for that is Ryan Spooner. And I think, what was it, like a seventh round pick? Like, that's good. That's smart cap management. That's smart asset management. And now the Rangers with Spooner. I agree with everything Greg said about Spooner. Um, he could be a center or a wing. Um, He's been very productive this year in a very sheltered role, but still productive nonetheless. To be honest, he's like a poor man's JT Miller as far as the way he plays and his profile. Um, and the Rangers can keep an RFA at the end of this year. They can keep him if they like what they see, or they can flip him tomorrow. Um, but either way, that sort of flexibility is a nice thing to have at this time of the season. 100%. And I, we've talked about this on the pod before. We're obviously going to talk about it a lot again because a lot of what the focus will be for the Rangers moving forward is going to be how this roster looks come July 1st next year or this coming summer. And uh, yeah, I mean, Spurner is a great piece. It definitely adds a complication for a decision the Rangers are going to have to make. I mean, they now have to, Spooner is going to be up for an extension. Hayes, Miller, VC, Shea, all these guys are going to have to get paid. And the, I, I think Spooner adds an interesting wrinkle as in, Kind of what Drew was saying. He's a poor man's JT Miller. I'm not saying he can replace JT Miller, but if you were a little hesitant to try and want to shop Miller before this Nash trade, Spurner definitely provides you a safety net where if you trade Miller for more future assets, it's not that Spurner will be a 100% replacement, but he, Ryan Spurner can do at least 80% of what JT Miller can do. And even if he does 60%, Greg, it's fine. Like, yeah, I, no, I know in you, a sense, I, he's, I, 
you couldn't find more players that are as close to a one-to-one comparison than I think Miller and Spooner. Spooner's not going to give you anything defensively. I think to expect Spooner to give you something as a two-way forward is just an irresponsible use of an asset, kind of like JT Miller shouldn't be expected to give you something defensively. A good coach would find a way to use JT Miller perfectly as an offensive forward and shelter him in the way that Ryan Spooner sheltered. Uh, The Rangers haven't had that benefit, but a good coach will get every single ounce of usage out of Ryan Spooner. And that, that player will be very good for the Rangers or like Drew said, any team he decides to play for. Um, It it's, it's an interesting wrinkle. When I was, when the Rangers were shopping Nash, I was not expecting someone like Ryan Spooner to be coming back. I'm, I'm a big Spooner guy. And honestly, like to add on to that, if I were the Rangers, I'd call up Winnipeg right now and say, hey, you guys missed out on Broussard. What do you want to give us for Spooner? Uh, I mean, it's at least worth making that call. Like I said, I'm totally with everything you just said, and he can be a backup for Miller. But I also think, do your due diligence. Call up Winnipeg. Like, hey, you want to give us Veseline in for Spooner? I mean, that's probably a pipe dream, but, you know, that sort of conversation can be had now. Yeah, or, at least or we had that same conversation with Miller. I, that, that's the thing that's great about Spooner is, if you don't want to shop Spooner, it provides you an opportunity to now shop Miller. They, in my mind, should have been shopping Miller to begin with. Um, but there shouldn't be any hesitation now if, for whatever reason, the Rangers get a package they like for Miller. Well, so, all right. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the entire trade deadline. Guys, I want to just point this out now. If Ryan McDonough gets traded today, there's no way I could podcast again. Um, <laughs> nah, you might as well just save that for tomorrow. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. It, it might happen. Um, <laughs> But the Rangers so far this offseason have been incredible in getting a, a big big value return, and McDonough hasn't even gone yet. And getting these players back, like Spooner and Lindgren, uh, I have to say I'm impressed with everything Gordon's done. I like how you called it an offseason, even though there's two months left to the season. It's, is it an offseason, Greg? Because it is for me. <laughs> it's as, as much shit as, you, as people gave or still give Jeff Gordon for the Derek Stepan anti Ranta trade with the Coyotes. He's three for three. Uh, the Rangers, in my mind, got more for Nick Holden than I ever thought they would. Uh, they, yeah. got, they got more for Michael Grabner than I was expecting. And this Nash package is incredible. Uh, there's, I, don't, I, don't know yeah. how you could, I don't know how anyone could uh, have a gripe about any of these three trades so far. Oh, and one thing I want to add, too, um, something I forgot to mention about Lingrid is, um, you know, a lot, some certain people that look at prospects more than I, like, you know, they'll downplay Lingrid a little bit. They'll be like, yeah, you know, he's fine, this and that. Um, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, Lindgren really doesn't do anything offensively. And now, you know, in today's NHL, everyone's really looking for these offensive defensemen. The Rangers have a bunch of those that are young or in the pipeline right now. Lindgren, you know, a couple of years down the road could be a perfect fit next to a guy like Rykov or next to a guy like Neil Pionk or John Gilmore or Brady Shea. He is a stay-at-home defensive defenseman who, you know, honestly, this comparison, I'm I'm making this comparison just for you know to be simple with Ranger fans, but he's Dan Girardi type, not Dan Girardi the last year or two who couldn't skate and became you know a traffic cone, but that kind of you know reliable, you know what you can get out of him. Stick him next to someone with some offensive ability, and it could be a really nice pair. Um, and so I just want to throw that out there, where you know you don't want to load your system with only offensive-minded guys. You do need a couple stay-at-home guys as well. Yeah, and to piggyback off that even a little bit further, I saw a couple people today getting a little nervous that the Rangers weren't getting any frontline prospects in return. Uh, Rykov and Lindgren obviously are both defensemen and people were getting a little nervous that the Rangers weren't necessarily getting a forward back in return. 
I think Ryan Spooner, the inclusion of him in this trade, quieted a lot of that. But just to take it one step further, I'm not really concerned about any position a prospect plays that the Rangers are getting back. Kind of going to what you said earlier, Drew, where there's no guarantee that all these prospects are going to make the NHL. So if the yeah, if the course. best person that you think you can get in return happens to play the same position as the best person you can get in return for Michael Grabner, it doesn't concern me. I don't think you worry about, well, the Rangers have 12 defensive prospects now. Are they ever going to get a forward? I, I think it's just good that the Rangers have something like 12 good prospects. I, I really don't and- care what, the, what position. Because then you also have to remember that this Lindgren, a great piece for the Rangers to have, not just as a potential guy that could be playing blue line minutes for the Rangers, but that's now a piece they could use in another trade if they so need it. Exactly. That's part of the, exactly. that's part of the reason why you restock the system. Not because the Rangers need all these players to graduate in New York. They need all these players to possibly use in other trades. That's what, that's what asset management is about. It's not just everyone gets attached to their own prospects. They want their own prospects to be, New York Rangers stars for the future. And I totally understand that. That's perfectly fair. But you also have to remember that prospects are assets. And the way you manage your assets could be used to get yourself a forward or a higher first round draft pick, a, a, a final piece to the next Rangers playoff push. That's, that's what this time is all about. It's not just about getting guys that can help the Rangers long term. It's about getting guys that can help the Rangers make more moves long term. Absolutely. And it's the same similar strategy when you're looking at the draft. You know, people always say this, oh, you don't draft for position, you draft based on value. It's the exact same thing when you're trading for prospects. Um, you know, if, there's, if, the, if, the, if Boston, for example, said, hey, you can have, you know, insert forward like Trent Frederick or this guy, then maybe you can say, you know what, we have a couple defensemen, let's go with a forward. But in a vacuum, you just take the best value you can get. It's the same thing at the draft. It would be silly to take a lesser guy just because he's a forward because you're trying to maneuver positions at this level. You, you can't worry about that right now. And then to address, you know, I did see a couple of people say, oh, you know, I thought we'd get like, Becca Ninen or something like that in this deal. Like you can't judge a trade based on based on the unrealistic expectation you placed on it. I mean that you're no better than the Boston fan that was circling around Rangers Twitter yesterday who was saying that the that DeBrusque is so good that the Rangers should have to give up Kreider and McDonough and a pick for DeBrusque. Like stop being ridiculous, stop being a homer. Yeah. The Rangers were never getting a top guy like Becca Ninen and a first round pick for Nash. Yeah, no. the and best, if Boston did that, that would be an absolute issue on the Boston GM. Like, if I was in Boston yeah. fan, I'd freak the fuck out. I think the best uh, barometer to try and figure out how the Rangers are doing in these trades is just going to people that are neutral. I'm yet to see a national writer say that uh, anything besides the Rangers got a shit ton for Rick Nash. And uh, Jeff, who was on our Michael Grabner podcast, immediately texted me this morning when he saw the package and said, Jesus, how, how much do the Bruins value too much of Rick Nash? And yep. he was and I, he was almost offended by how much the Bruins gave up. Yeah, and I, I spoke to two Bruin fan friends of mine who are pretty smart and level headed, so I do reach out. I've been reaching out to them a lot with this well, deadline nice rarity, for the Bruins rumors. Good resource. What's that? Good resource. Nice rarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and pretty much what both of them said is like they're taking the mindset of Chara's old, Bergeron's not getting any younger, Marchand's not getting any younger, so. You know, they're okay with going for it right now. But even with that mindset, they're like, yeah, we gave up too much for Nash. You know, they said, hey, if we win the cup, I won't complain. But they also said, if we don't win the cup, like, and especially if Nash doesn't resign here, like, this could be bad a couple of years down the road. Um, so, you know, they're not like all pissed off, but they're also not jumping for joy here. But think of it this way. Nick Holden and Rick Nash can hang out again, right? <laughs> like they were best friends in the first place. 
Ah, Jesus Christ. He was he was so close to being rid of Nick Holden, and the next thing he knows, he's right back in Boston. The boys are back in town. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about with this Rick Nash trade just yet, or is it all, all of our instant reaction? I, I mean, so far, I'm loving the quote-unquote offseason. Uh, I think this trade... If if the Lightning weren't already facing pressure, um, this ratches it up a bit. This and the, I mean, it's Thomas Placanic. I'm not trying to say he's a one to one comparison to Rick Nash, but the Maple Leafs are making their moves. The Bruins are loading up. The Lightning are just sitting there. They need something to do. And same thing goes for Winnipeg. Uh, teams out west are getting connected. I, the rumor today was Max Pacioretty is connected in trade talks with the Los Angeles Kings. Stuff's happening for both the Jets and the Lightning around them, around the edges, kind of is a great place for the Rangers to be sitting. The The Jets need wingers or defensemen. So and the Rangers have Zuccarello and McDonough. The Lightning, they're staring right at Ryan McDonough in the eyes. And now we got the Florida Panthers getting involved. Why the Florida Panthers are getting involved, I don't care. Just keep giving me a whole bunch of assets, and I'll gladly reunite McDonough with Yandel. But Nash, uh, I, I will say the order in which these trades are getting done by Jeff Gordon seems to be perfect. It seems like he's he's climbing one step higher with every trade. He started on the bottom with Nick Holden. He moved up one ring to Michael Grabner, one more to Rick Nash. And now he's got as much time as he wants to move Ryan McDonough. And uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see where McDonough goes. If he goes anywhere, he might not. Exactly 24 hours from now, you and I will be recording the full trade deadline uh, Rangers podcast. and. I don't know how long or the the length of the quality that that podcast will have, but we'll talk about it all then. And Greg, I think that was an important note you made. Like this trade, trading a guy like Nash to Boston now does ramp up on the pressure on their two division rivals, the Maple Leafs and uh, the Lightning, who are both rumored to be in for McDonough. Um, there's actually all of a sudden a lot of smoke around the Maple Leafs. I mean, I was big saying I didn't think the Maple Leafs would want McDonough. Um, and, you know, maybe the Rangers are just pushing this out there to rev up the pressure on Tampa, but there's a lot of smoke there. And there's, I mean, the rumor that I read by a couple of pretty notable sources was Florida actually came in with a pretty heavy offer that raised the price on McDonough. Um, so I, I'm expecting a pretty decent return. Um, I, I threw out on Twitter last night with the McDonough thing, hey, what if, you know, Henrik Borgstrom is arguably the best center prospect in the entire NHL. He'd be a great package, you know, centerpiece for McDonough. And I got a bunch of Panther fans jumping in my mentions all pissed off about that. But, you know, Florida also has a lot of really nice assets that they can include. They've owned Tippett as well, who was a first-round uh, first draft pick last year, scoring winger. Um, you know, these teams that are all involved now for McDonough have a lot of assets. So I think we can start to get excited about the potential return that might be there as well. Yeah, and I think the light, the uh, not the lightning, the Leafs jumping back in on McDonough is a reaction to – if I see one more Carlson to Tampa rumor, I might actually just close Twitter for the rest of the day. I, I'm sure there's <laughs> legitimate truth to all of it. Um, and I honestly, if the Leafs are seeing those Carlson to Tampa rumors and are getting cold feet and are worried that, well, now we're going to have to make a reactionary move, it's an even better position for the Rangers to be in. Some people mm -hmm. are thinking that if Carlson goes to Tampa, McDonough's market craters. I disagree. No. I think if Carlson gets <laughs> traded before McDonough, McDonough's market goes up tenfold. Yeah, some people also believe the world is flat, so I wouldn't get too involved in what, what Gino, some people Gino Smith, think. Baby, you know, <laughs> I'm looking for. I'm I'm gonna make it my life goal now to find the restricted area. I want to know where it is. The restricted area. All right, guys, I gotta get the hell out of here. Um, I actually have to go work for the next like eleven hours, but I love you.
I got to I got to out this podcast and I got to go see Ladybird. So I got stuff I, I got to do today. I appreciate everyone listening. Drew, thanks so much for coming on as always. Uh, My pleasure. Wish me luck, please. And uh, yeah, good luck. Good <laughs> thank luck. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a, uh, a not so long Blue Shirts breakaway. I say that and it'll probably be still like 50, 45, 50 minutes. But the week after, stay tuned for like the longest Blue Shirts breakaway of all fucking time. Love you guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Keep, keep on Gorton and keep on off season. Peace out. Stop the re- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.